You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook, and ladies and gentlemen of Fangirl Nation, sports are back, and so are we. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. We are back to talk all things sports, including the Miami Marlins and where MLB goes from here, the Dodgers-Astros matchup, NFL training camp, the NBA bubble, and of course, we go back to Dylan for Friday Night Lights. Make sure to listen and subscribe to Fangirl Playbook on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, let's get to it. Welcome back, Steph. Fangirl Playbook is back. Woohoo! Woohoo! We have a nice hiatus, but it's uh, good to be back. It is good to be back and excellent timing because there's a lot going on in the world of sports. Uh, sports is back last week on our Friday 5 on Fangirl Sports Network. We had to make it the Friday 7 because there was just too much. And I was like, there's not, I can't make it 5. It just would be, it would be irresponsible, <laughs> which was nice because over the last few months, that wasn't you know necessarily the case. So, uh, so much going on. So before we get into our weekly discussion on Friday Night Lights, let's talk a little modern day, real time sports news, Uh, starting with Major League Baseball. We're about at this point, I want to say on day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I've never been great at math. Day six of the season. And we already have a full on coronavirus outbreak (laughs) with the Miami Marlins. Uh, At this point, I believe it's 17 players who've tested positive. I, I believe yesterday we had 11 players and two coaches. I think four more people have tested positive, who I believe are players. So a couple of games have been canceled. Uh, the Marlins most recently played the Phillies. So Major League Baseball is being careful with that. The Phillies were supposed to play the Yankees. So this is a really interesting situation because – it's kind of like all eyes, not to be dramatic, but all eyes of the sports world are on Major League Baseball because we could talk a little bit more about the NBA bubble in a bit, but the NBA is just different because they are in a bubble. So if it works, it doesn't mean that everything else works if they're not going to be in a bubble. So it's, it's interesting. Also, of course, it seems that the Marlins players kind of made the decision in some sort of group chat or text (laughs) that... They knew what was going on, but they were going to play. The Phillies players were like, yep, sounds good. And they played. But we are in a pandemic here. Right. So the rules, the normal rules don't apply. And athletes are competitive. Absolutely. That's why they're athletes and professional athletes and why they're so good at their jobs. And they want to power through. But this is a little bit different. Very very different. And I think it's interesting because I know they're now testing the Phillies, but the Phillies didn't even have like a say in it and they were exposed to this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of unbelievable to me. Like even some of them didn't have masks on. So there might've been a little luck there. I know nobody has tested besides somebody like in the office has tested positive on the Phillies, but you know, it, but it's, it's really bigger. too early to tell, and it's a little right. too early to tell. Now, did the Phillies? I was I was under the impression the Phillies did know what was going on, but maybe they did not. Oh, maybe. Um, so I will I, give. We will. We will. Um, we will say we're not we'll sure on that portion of it. <laughs> but 
But I would say, you know, the thing is with the CDC, they say it takes like 14 days to incubate. We've heard many times, right. you know, the 14-day quarantine. So right now no one's tested positive, but you don't really exactly. know until like day three or four. So that is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. There doesn't at the moment seem to be any discussion of canceling the season. Um, Rob Manfred said, you know, that, they expected that there would be some kind of outbreak once the season started. But I think really the big thing is going to be what happens with the Phillies. Like now, now all eyes are on the Phillies because we'll see what does that mean? How does it spread? And, you know, what will that mean for baseball? For me personally, this is just a speculation thing. To me, it feels like that's going to be a big deciding factor on how this season goes forward. But, you know, we're seeing, we've seen these games and it's so fun to have sports back, but we do see a lot of the behaviors, you know, after the games, they're pretty close together. They're they're not high-fiving, they're high-elbowing, but they're still pretty close together. There's a lot of jumping on each other and excitement. And also, this is something I don't, you may know the answer to this, or maybe it's a mystery to you too. Why is it in the dugout that the managers and coaches all have masks on and the players are like, nah, we good? Yeah, it's just inconsistency. I think some players and some coaches are taking it more responsible more responsibly than others. And, you know, I even was noticing when they're on first base and you have somebody right in your face and their their masks are not even on properly. So right. I think that there's, I just think that there's just this like idea that it's not that serious or it's not going to happen to us. We're just being overly cautious, kind of, you know, I think that they mm-hmm. rationalize it in their minds. And I think that some, um, I think some athletes just, you know, it's never serious until it happens to you and type of a thing. So I, you know, I hope, I hope, and I wish that they would be a little bit more strict about it. And I think that they could really like prevent anything big from happening if they were. Absolutely. And there is a 113 page book (laughs) on protocols that uh, something tells me maybe not everyone is following to a T there. Um, but because 113 pages of protocols, that's a lot of pro there should be like a cheat sheet, like here are the top things you really need to do. Cause that is, that is a lot of pages. So I agree with you. I wonder if what's going on with the Marlins though, will be a little bit of a wake up call, especially, Hopefully. you know, we'll see what happens with the Phillies. Hopefully all of the Phillies are fine. That would be obviously ideal and, and so much better. Uh, but hopefully the Marlins is a little bit of a wake up call for everybody else to say, okay, we've got to take this seriously because we don't want to be in a situation where this happens to our team. And in a 60 game season, right. You don't want to have games start being canceled. And now it's already going to be a really grueling season. Um, so now double headers and all of that, or, you know, less days off is, is going to be hard. Um, and the 60 game season is also very interesting because all of a sudden, like, in baseball, it's like, oh, 162 games, you know, you win some, you lose some. But now 60 games, they're important. They're, they're very important. Um, as we saw over the weekend, as Steph's and my teams played each other, <laughs> um, the do- we managed to get through it just fine because here we are. And it was, and we weren't even touch and go. I would say we weren't even that, we weren't even touch and go. Uh, but we were, uh, talking on Twitter as the Giants and the Dodgers played each other and split the series in a series where everyone thought the Dodgers should run away with it. But that's the thing about baseball. I did. And this, uh, yeah. And, and I think everyone did. And I mean, the Dodgers 100%. are 
this the isn't even team. like trash talk. They're just, yeah, they're just a far superior team. But that's the thing with baseball. And that's why with the expanded playoffs, and it's a little bit of old news at this point, but just for those of you who don't know, the expanded playoffs are going to be a little different. And the first series is going to be a best of three. And all of a sudden, that's the thing, like a best of three. The It's like they used to have that, well, I'm sure they'll go back to it, but that one game wild card, um, right. which I always thought was unfair because totally. it's like March Madness um, on any given Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But you have this best of three series, and I feel like if I were a Major League Baseball team, that would make me a little bit nervous um, just because it's big difference, sure. best of three and best of five. So we'll see what happens. But hopefully at this point now, we're just hoping to get to that point that they're actually making yeah. it to the playoffs. That's I think that's that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about baseball in a minute because for those of you who don't know, it is Dodgers take on the cheating Astros day today <laughs> and tomorrow. Also, that'll be September 12th and 13th for anybody who wants to mark their calendars because I clearly have my <laughs> calendars marked for that. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But couple other things I want to talk about uh, with sports and COVID. So we've got NFL training camp. Most players reporting today. Uh, some players have yes. already reported, but most reporting today to be tested for COVID. They then go home for a couple days. They come back for another test on day four. If both, if they test negative twice, then they can go to the facility and then they can start their workouts and then they get tested, I think every day for like 14 days. So it's a pretty intense situation. Um, but we saw on the 49ers yesterday, Richie James was put on the reserve COVID-19 list. And I wanted to talk about that because I think it's important for people to know that that list is for players who either have tested positive or have been quarantining because they've been exposed to someone who has tested positive. The team cannot say which one. So that's just an aside, but I think it can be a little bit misleading and the assumption could be, oh, he tested positive. Not that there's, you know, a big deal if you did, but that's just a little aside I wanted people to know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's the safe thing to do to quarantine those players, even if they've been exposed. So you have got to do it. And there's got to be a way that the teams aren't necessarily penalized. So, you know, I think it makes sense to have those lists and that the teams, you know, aren't necessarily penalized against. So, yeah, a lot of people, especially the Pats, uh, they had six, I think, go on. Or wait, mm -hmm. they opted out, but they had um, other people go on. A lot of people have, uh, there's 24, I think, right now that are on the COVID list total. In the and NFL. like you said, Yes, I think you're right. And then, like you said, six players from the Patriots have opted out of the season. And, of course, the conspiracy theorists are hard <laughs> at work that I this know. is some kind of move by Belichick or it's a, something about their feelings on Belichick. I think, I think in pandemic times, everything is different. So I don't think this is some grand conspiracy against Bill Belichick or by Bill Belichick, <laughs> but I think players are just being careful and people, they have kids at home and – family members, and they just are being careful. It brings up an interesting thing with the list, though, because, you know, during the season, what happens? Like, what happens if a player tests positive and now seven players test positive and now all of a sudden the marquee matchup between right the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, let's say, becomes a lot less marquee because you have your entire starting offense you know, on the COVID list, it's just, what does it do to the game? It is what it is. 
Right. Uh, and it's just going to be part of sports this year. But, you know, it will be it will be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. And it really goes back to the original thing about not being lax about the rules. I mean, seeing what mm-hmm. happened to the Marlins is a really good example because you don't want that to impact your games in any way. So the idea here is that nobody gets it, that we, you know, they limit their exposure as much as possible. So I think that that's really got to be the mindset and it's going to take everybody involved, you know, to, to not be careless. It is, it is going to take everyone involved to not be careless. And reality is someone's going to get it. In which case someone's are going to get it because just the way this virus spreads, you could take every precaution and then go to the grocery store because you need to pick something up and you could get it there. I mean, that's, or go to pump gas or, you know, everything you can take every possible precaution and then you just, you just never know. So I think, but you're right. Everyone's got to take it seriously for this to work and take as many precautions as possible. Uh, I think everyone is doing well. They have these bracelets that, you know, once they've been cleared, so to speak, uh, they have these bracelets on them and it can really helps with contact tracing and will let you know if someone is within six feet of you for too long, which by the way, I wouldn't mind having one of those bracelets. Me just too. For life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just be, oh, I'm so sorry. You've been within six feet of me for too long. I'm going to need you to back up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, just generally, I would not mind having one of those at all. Um, but that's, that's an aside. Uh, but you know, everyone's got to buy in and everyone's got to take it seriously. And uh, we will see. And there's, of course, been discussion. Should the NFL have a bubble? And the NFL is saying no. I think probably at this point, I am no expert on this type of thing. At this point, it may be too late because, I mean, when you look at what they've done in the NBA, and let's talk about that for a second, because if nothing else, what they have done to put that bubble together is like pretty incredible. I mean, it's like really incredible, but they had months to do it. So I don't know if at this point the NFL could even put a bubble together. They'd probably have to postpone the season, but it's just, it's also different with so many players and you have to find enough fields. It's just a very different situation. The, the NBA was certainly the most conducive to this bubble idea. Um, There were talks early on about baseball having a bubble in Arizona, but I don't know that baseball is as conducive to it either. You know, they were explicit. I think that they believe because they play in outdoor stadiums, it's a little bit of a different situation than Mm -hmm. if they're, you know, playing in indoor. I mean, indoor, you know, major league basketball court is totally different situation. So I think the idea was because it's outside that they had a little bit more freedom. However, like hockey did it. Hockey bubbled. and and uh, Major League Soccer bubbled. And they've done it in ways where, no, this is what we're doing. And and that's working. It seems like the bubbles are working and the, the people outside the bubbles aren't really, I don't know. It just, it's obviously not going to be as tight as it's going to be like in the bubble. So we'll see. And I, but I don't really see how the NFL can bubble. Like I've, I've thought about it and let's say like go somewhere to like on an island. I don't see how they bubble. Well, I saw someone on Twitter make a suggestion that essentially what you would do is you'd have a few bubbles. So there'd be like, I don't know exactly right. how this would work again. I am not an expert guy. So let's not, let's <laughs> not send my plan to the NFL. But <laughs> you had like a, 
a West bubble and a Southern, like you would, you'd have to change that kind of like right. what they've done with baseball where like the whole, it, you're playing regionally. So the reason the exactly. Dodgers are playing the Astros is because you're staying within your region. The Dodgers were not actually supposed to play the Astros this year. So you would do that. And so you'd have multiple bubbles. And then I believe this person said that then you would have like a Super Bowl and playoff bubble. Right. So that the, basically there'd be a, but I just think at this point, how, that is so many logistics. I don't know how you could do that at this point. Maybe if they had started doing exactly. it in March, but I think right at this away. point, yeah, it's probably, it's probably too late. So, you know, we will see how this, um, we will see how this all plays out in the NFL, but in theory, football is back. There will be no preseason for anybody who missed that news. So it'll just be, you know, workouts and practice for the next month or so until the season kicks off September 10th with the Texans taking on the Chiefs uh, with quarterback Patrick Mahomes and his new partial ownership of the Kansas City Royals. You know, I was like, I love that. Like Patrick Mahomes, you just signed a $503 million contract. Where are you going to buy the Royals? I mean, he didn't outright buy them, but he's <laughs> he's in the ownership group. And I think that's awesome. He didn't buy a car. He bought a baseball team. Again, part of a baseball team. But still, I think that's really cool. Like, yeah, that's what I'm buying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you guys, when I sign my $503 million contract, I am going to go buy part of a baseball team. Um, I'm not entirely sure which one yet. Well, no, I am. Maybe uh, I'm going to buy part of two baseball teams. By the way, Steph, and you will understand this, and maybe the rest of you won't get it, and it's a longer story for a longer time. But in addition to being a Dodgers fan, I am a Braves fan because I really loved um, Tom Glavin and Chipper Jones as a kid. So not as big a Braves fan now um, because Tom Glavin and Chipper Jones no longer play for the Braves <laughs> or anybody for that matter. But still, still like they have a part of my heart. And I just feel that like there's it's just so 2020. I feel destined to have the Braves and the Dodgers and the NLCS. <laughs> and um, that wouldn't be my necessarily loyalty. a bad thing. <laughs> it would not be. a bad. The nice thing about it is like no matter who wins. Right. In the World Series. I've I've had them in, play each other in the division series before. Yeah, um, I and I, yeah, and I would do like brave sweatshirt Dodgers hat, <laughs> which is weird There's, to me. <laughs> it is. I know. And I know it goes against like everything you believe in. I think I do feel though, and I'm going to put this out there now and you can hold me to it. I think the NLCS, however, would, I would have to be forced to make a choice. I agree. You have to make a choice at some point, Tracy. I think, and I and I'm gonna say now, my choice would be the Dodgers. I'm oh, sorry, Chipper. I'm switched. sorry, Chipper. Oh, I'm sorry, switched. Chipper. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. So you for have those to have of a you contract who don't, to switch I have over. To have a contract. <laughs> to switch over. <laughs> I say this, by the way, guys, as I'm sitting in my office looking at my signed John Smoltz and signed Chipper Jones jerseys, but also looking at my Cody Bellinger bobblehead dolls. So you guys can see why I'm in su- at such odds with myself. But Dodgers, I will say this. I grew up in L.A. My grandparents got season tickets to the Dodgers uh, in 1962 when the stadium opened. And we still have those tickets today. I mean, not today, today, obviously, because fans can't go right. to games. But we still have those tickets today in theory. Uh, so it's like part of what I've grown up on. My brother is the president of the Dodgers Foundation. And anyone who follows me even for a little bit knows that I have a real affinity for one Cody Bellinger. So I think I'm going to have to do it. But listen, I said this the other day on Twitter, before there was Cody, there was Chipper. And (laughs) 
Chipper doesn't play baseball anymore. So it's fun to listen to him though. Um, so I think I would um, have to pick the Dodgers. And so as long as we're talking about the Dodgers, which I know is one of Steph's least favorite subject, as she <laughs> subject is Jesus. No, I don't mind talking about him. I just don't have the same feelings about that. No, you don't. I mean, I think literally hell would have to freeze over for you to be like, Tracy, I'm going to now be a Dodgers fan. And I, I would actually be worried if you, I'd be like, we need to, we need to see if she's okay. Something. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I know the Dodgers so well. I mean, there are rivals and I love mm-hmm. having them as rivals. I mean, you love to hate them. I mean, Kiki Hernandez, I don't know. It's like anything happens, Kiki Hernandez, anything happens, Kiki Hernandez. It's like, he to me is like the worst. And he like bats eight, you know, if he were on the yeah. Giants, he would bat like clean up. Or something. <laughs> like, I mean, they have like, you guys are just stacked and I'm like, okay, well, we're not winning, but I can still root against them. <laughs> I find no, I will tell that. you. Kiki Hernandez came up with the bases loaded the other day and I was like, I oh my know. gosh, Kiki Hernandez against the Giants bases loaded. This game is over. Kiki Hernandez grounded out and I was very upset. <laughs> I just want you to know for game four of the season, I was very, I believe that I tweeted that is inexcusable and I didn't name names, but I think we all knew. Kiki, I was talking to you. I just want, in case you were concerned and didn't know, I was I talking it, to you, Kiki. my friend. I'm talking. We're very much at odds here. Very, very much at odds on that. But speaking of the Dodgers, they are in Houston today and tomorrow to take on the team that I like to refer to as the cheating Astros. I have a friend who likes to joke and say that in Houston, I'm known as Tracy slander. I don't think that's true, but if it were, I'd be so proud. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I like that. it. I like it. <laughs> Tracy slander. That's a solid name. It's <laughs> not a name. And I would be, I actually feel like I would have truly made it in life if the Astros were like, Oh, there's Tracy slander again. Um, but so, <laughs> This series is obviously, for those of you who don't know, the Astros beat the Dodgers, and I use that term loosely, in the 2017 World Series, and I use that term loosely because it has been proven that they cheated. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But it, So, and you know, I think looking back on that series, it's just, it's very interesting because it changed careers in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. You, you had like you had Cody Bellinger fully call out Altuve. And that's the thing with this too, is that usually players don't really call out other players. And you even had like, I think it was Mike Trout who had not nice things to say about the Astros and other players, not just Dodger players too, but like Cody Bellinger saying beyond the world series ring, Altuve stole the MVP from Aaron judge. So there was like all kinds of stuff that went on that season. They totally, totally did. And they probably actually stole the ALCS from the Yankees. hundred percent. Unless the Yankees were cheating too, I don't know. Ever, well, it's, I but that that has not been proven. But one never knows. I guess you know one one never knows. So they they you know beat them and it. There were careers like you, Darvish was a pitcher here for the yes. Dodgers who like essentially got run out of town, um, so and it sad. was bizarre. So sad. And I was at that game seven, and I was like, this is bizarre. This man is a professional pitcher. Like, how is it? It, it was just like the way they were hitting him was crazy. And it also, I think for Clayton Kershaw, who say whatever you want about Clayton Kershaw as a human is like right. a really, really good person who like talk about putting his money where his mouth is like, this guy is in other countries building towns in the off season, right. literally like but him and his wife, like that's like what they do. He's an incredible human being taking the like sports part out of it. So you, 
obviously root even more for that. Um, and I think that series really solidified this narrative that he's not a big game pitcher. And I think mentally, because baseball very much is the kind oh, of sport yeah. that you know, mentally, you know, you you get in a slump and then all of a sudden you're wanting to sacrifice a live chicken and like you are <laughs> pitching badly and gets in your head and um, all of these things. And I think, I think that a little bit changed Kershaw's career. Listen, Kershaw is an incredible pitcher. He will always be known as a great pitcher, but now he has this narrative, a narrative that for those of you like me that followed the Braves back in the day, Greg Maddox had that incredible regular season pitcher was not a great postseason pitcher. But I think with Kershaw, that series really changed that for him, especially game five of that series. Um, And it's become this narrative. And I think that's a really hard thing. So, so many things happen there. So listen, the, the Dodgers could beat the Astros 20 to nothing the next two days. And again, September 12th and 13th, that's not like I had these dates circled or anything, Um, but they could (laughs) be 20 to nothing and it's not going to change anything, but it's going to be a fun series to watch. You do have two very good baseball teams, the Astros without Justin Verlander for quite some time. There are conflicting reports um, from Justin Verlander and from others, (laughs) how long that's going to be. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see, Will they be throwing at pitchers? But then you throw at a pitcher, you could get suspended, which, by the way, would give you more of a punishment than any of the Astros players got for cheating. But um, well, they're not. They're I don't not know hitting. So they're, they're, the pitchers aren't hitting at all. So no, no. But could, but would pitchers throw it? I mean, would pitchers throw it? Oh. Players like are they going to throw at any of the Astros? I may have misspoken there. Astros players, which we've seen a couple oh, Astros players get beaned in the summer camp games, um, but. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I clearly have this series marked on my calendar, and I'm excited to watch the games today and tomorrow. And if if you don't want to hear about the cheating Astros, you guys might want to mute me on Twitter, and that's totally fine. Starting at six ten p.m. Pacific time, you guys may want to mute me on Twitter. That's totally up to you guys. Um, but I think it will be uh, you know a fun game to watch, and we'll see how these teams go against each other but you know the Astros they're lucky they're when they come here they're lucky they're not going to have fans because you can imagine what that would be like yeah Um, though I would imagine and I would hope that the Astros would rather face that than deal with what we're dealing with right now so there's that so uh (laughs) yeah lots going on in the world of sports stuff I know it's good to have them back finally so we can talk about something it's been hard without sports it's just like what do I do it really has (laughs) It really, really has. And it was funny, like on my Twitter timeline over the last few days, I was like, I've never seen so much baseball on my timeline, but (laughs) you know, that's everybody's watching all the games and you know, it's fun to watch. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully they will be able to finish out the season safely. That's the most important thing. Um, You know, as much as we love having sports, we obviously want the players and their families and the coaches and the organizations and their families to, you know, be able to play safely. So we will see, but hopefully they can figure that out and we'll be keeping a close eye in the next few days on other teams and the Phillies and and what has happened there. And of course, also Juan Soto for the Nationals, who is out because he tested positive. He's apparently had multiple negative tests, but not multiple back-to-back negative tests. And that is the the piece that he's been missing to be able to get back out there on the field. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. 
Um, and so with that, we are now going to move to the next part of our podcast, which is, of course, talking about Friday Night Lights. Um, we had last left you at episode 11, and this week we're at episode 12 of season one, What to Do While You're Waiting, which seems apropos because th- what we did while we were waiting for sports was talk about <laughs> Friday Night Lights. So, so we had that going for us. Uh, but this is a really good episode, and actually the first person I want to talk about this episode is Tyra, because yes. I think this episode starts to really define Tyra is a character. And I think it's really a point where the writers figured out what they wanted to do with Tyra. And she is at home. Her mom's boyfriend is first of all, making really inappropriate comments about Tyra's body. Um, I'd like to remind everybody she is a high school girl. And then they get into a fight, Tyra's mom and the boyfriend, and it gets to be a little bit violent. And Tyra obviously sticks up for her mother, gets him kicked out of the house. And it's a storyline throughout the episode um, as to what happens. And at the end of the episode, Tyra's mom does choose Tyra over the boyfriend and Tyra didn't think that was going to be the case. And, but we see really Tyra kind of come into her own. And then at the end of the episode, Tim comes back to her and asks for another chance. And she says, no. And that was a big deal. Yeah. Huge deal. I, I wasn't expecting that from Tyra. I feel like she definitely is coming into her own and she's standing up for herself. And I, I really gained a lot of respect for Tyra um, because she's almost the adult in that situation with her mom. Her mom's mm-hmm. leading like with emotions and, you know, and I, I think it was at the rodeo when they're, you know, fair or whatever it is where, you know, that she had to basically put, give her an ultimatum. And usually it's the parent that gives the ultimatum. I just thought it was like almost reverse for her. And I, I just liked Mm -hmm. that she was standing up for herself. And I think I really liked that too. And I, I was happy that that's the direction they ended up going with Tyra because it, they could have made her a much more like kind of a little bit more stereotypical, which is what she was early. And I think we started to see her a little bit come into her own, when there was the episode, it's different for girls where she comes right. to Tim and says, you know, stop sitting with Lila. Stop. You're making it worse. Right. Um, and we do see her grow up a little bit there, but this episode, it was really defining for Tyra. So, um, I really enjoyed watching that. And then the, the overarching theme in this episode is that everyone's waiting around to see there's a football game being played between Arnett Mead. And I can't remember the name of the other team. Arnett Mead, it comes up so many times in the series, it's hard to forget them. Um, and Buckley? they are playing. Yeah. Buckley? It might have been maybe Buckley. You know what? I think yeah. you're right. It might be Buckley. It was something with me, so I think it might be Buckley. And the winner of that game determines whether or not the Panthers go to the playoffs. So that's right. kind of the, the overarching theme of the episode. Within, though, we have a lot of other pretty important storylines. Um, we'll start, let's start with the lawsuit between the streets and the school and coach Taylor uh, and they, and coach Taylor gets served personally. And essentially the, you know, the streets have decided to sue because it's very expensive, obviously everything that Jason needs and they need the money and the way that they've kind of convinced themselves um, is that Jason should have been taught tackling drills. And there's that scene, I believe it's one or two episodes before this, where the lawyer says, did Coach Taylor ever teach you track tackling drills? And Jason said, "I was the I'm the, I was the quarterback." And he right. goes, "So that's a no." Um, and 
this becomes a big deal. But now that they're suing, Jason goes down to the corner store to buy something and he's now being treated differently by this town. Yeah. Which is really, of course, <laughs> just goes to Dylan. It's Dylan, Texas in a nutshell. Like six weeks earlier, mm-hmm. seven weeks earlier, he was the town hero. Now he is paralyzed and he is in a wheelchair and his whole life has changed. And because he's suing the school, Coach yeah, Taylor. You do not go against the Dylan Panthers in Dylan. You know, it's like no, you are on like the other side there, you know. So he's actually seen almost like villain, like a villain here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's the one that got hurt. It was just I was like, wow. And and I get it. Like I, I it's a terrible situation, but it's uh quite different. You know, you there I think everybody cares about him, but Definitely football comes first. Definitely. And Lila says to him, you know, and, and she's on his side, Obviously, but says yeah. to him, you yeah, the this town would have supported you. And he said, but at a certain point, you know, where does that end? And I don't want to be the town mascot, which right. is understandable as well. And Coach Taylor goes to see Jason's dad and and then Jason, you know, towards the end of the episode comes to see Coach Taylor. And essentially, like at the end of the day, the they need the money. Right. And it's they have to change their whole lives around and and they don't feel that they have any other options. And I think I think the really hard part for everybody was the personally suing Coach Taylor. I think that, you know, became a a very difficult thing. Yeah. And it it would be, I mean, especially with the close relationship that they had. But, you know, that's that puts all that, you know, away. It's just, it's, you know, with lawsuits, you have to kind of take your emotion out of it and see who's actually liable here. So it's, and that's part of the thing, even if they end up getting all the money from the school, they, you know, the lawyer has to sue everybody. So it's, it's sad. It's, un, you know, unfortunate, but, you know, you understand when the, the dad, you know, Jason's dad says, look, you know, my kid lost his legs. He, you know, lost his career, his life, basically. Mm-hmm. And I lost every bit of savings that I've ever put away in my entire life. And he mm-hmm. needs endless physical therapy. And he needs this. And he needs this equipment and that equipment and rails and ramps and, you know, all kinds of things. And you, when you think about it that way, I mean, it's expensive. There was, there were, there's damages here. So, you know, as much as nobody wants to sue anybody at times, that's the only option. I think, you know, that's true. And I think the streets, they're angry and upset and don't know where else to turn. It's definitely a very complicated situation. I don't, I I don't, and I don't think at the end of the day that anyone was to blame. It was a terrible accident is really what it was. But sometimes you know, sometimes you have to make decisions based on that. And, and so that's a, that's definitely a hard part of the episode because it's hard to see Jason also, you know, treated that way and to see how much pain he's in like emotionally over, over this entire thing. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, so there's, so there's that part of the episode. There is Matt's dad has decided to stay in Dylan and not go back to Iraq. Um, and he goes to work for Buddy Garrity at the car dealership, which is not his forte. He is not a salesman, <laughs> um, which I actually think we could consider a positive in this situation. Um, and Buddy tries to make him wear a, or does have him wear an American flag pin. And, but he's, you know, there's, there's a great part where 
buddy comes out, this couple is leaving and says, what happened? They were ready to buy when I left them with you. And he's like, well, it's not a good time for them. And you know, they are having financial issues and buddy's like, no, that's not, you know, that's not, (laughs) that's not your job. Like you're, you're a salesman. Um, but we see, it's very interesting because we see how difficult it is for Matt's dad really to acclimate to being back and to be back in society, which I think is true for so many soldiers. And he, he wants to make it work. And I think Matt wants him to make it work, but he can see it's just not going to. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough situation because, you know, Matt's definitely like overwhelmed. I mean, with grandma and the bills and, you know, I love grandma, you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. love her to death, but that's a really hard situation. And then, you know, she she definitely needs care and she needs oversight. And there's all kinds of things that are going on. So yeah, I was kind of relieved when he said, I'm going to stay, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought, mm-hmm. good, good. You know, I'm glad, you know, he's staying. But then at the same time, he's like, so like a fish out of water. He doesn't know anything yeah. else except, you know, being a soldier, you know, being in combat and that life. And so when he's taken out of that, you know, things that are stressful to us obviously are stressful, but he just doesn't have the skills to deal with it. And so it's just kind of sad. It is hard. It's really sad. It's really sad and really hard. And, you know, seeing him at the car dealership, you know, he really, he wants so much to do it, but he's, he's not a salesman and it really, the job market and Dylan, was obviously not great. And, um, he got this job because Matt asked buddy Garrity for help. And, you know, buddy wants to help too, of course, because Matt is QB one and buddy will do anything for a QB one, but it is, it's really, it's sad to watch. And, you know, by the end of the episode, Matt says to him, you should go back. I can handle it. Like you're not happy here and you're not, this isn't where you should be. And so, and that's a really tough decision for the 16 year old to have to make too. Yeah. It's crazy that at 16, he's, you know, uh, I mean, just, it's, it's kind of a transformative moment for him. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. he's kind of discovering who he is too. And he knows that, you know, grandma's going to be part of my life now. So, you know, and I, I don't know, just everything that's connecting them. And you do see the community. I mean, the community, I think is kind of the, the juxta of this whole uh, episode because the community wants to help Matt and his dad and the community wants to, you know, help Jason. But at some point, you know, there's, there's stuff you just have to handle yourself. So it's, it's interesting because it's, you know, there's, it, there's, it's not an easy situation, even when you have the support of the community. And actually, it's kind of interesting because you see a little bit of a switch. The community has turned on Jason, but the community has um, embraced Matt. And it's, you kind of see that, that switch, which I actually just thought of. Um, (laughs) But it is kind of, it's kind of a, an interesting, an interesting switch. Uh, Then our next storyline that comes up, and this will play out a lot over the next few episodes, is Smash and Waverly. So Smash really likes Waverly, and I think Waverly really likes Smash, but what Waverly doesn't really like is football, and what Waverly (laughs) doesn't really like talking about all the time is football, and so we see this, you know, kind of push and pull in their relationship, and Smash gets Matt and Julie to lie for him and say that, you know, they hang out all the time with Smash, and they go to, like, art house movies, and they do all (laughs) these things, um, which which is not true, Um, and 
you know, at the end of the day, Smash comes to her and says, like, this is who I am. And I think you like who I am, but I got to be I got to be the Smash, as I, of right, course. Right. Uh, um, and we, the third person. <laughs> third person all the time talking about himself in the third person, which sometimes I kind of like. Um, but, you know, underneath this all and they don't talk about it much in this episode. It really doesn't really come up this episode, but we also have the smash and the steroid use, and we'll be able to talk yes. about that in future episodes. Um, but that's kind of underneath all of it. And there, a lot of this stuff comes to a head at this rodeo that is a fundraiser um, that the w- these women and Dylan put on, and that's where everybody is listening to the other game, and that's kind of, quote, what they're doing while they're waiting. Right. And um, – it's then at the end, it's the, the team they needed to win wins and the Panthers are going to the playoffs and everyone is very, very excited. And then, of course, the Panthers are going to have a hard playoff run ahead of them. And I, the guy, the announcer, Sammy, Sammy Smead, is it? Wait, what is his name? Sammy. Um, it's not Smead, but um, well, I'll tell you guys next week what his name is, but the guy that we always hear on the radio yeah, yeah. who I absolutely love. And he talks at the end. He's like, so they're going to the playoffs, but now they have a, a tough run ahead of them, which is actually kind of true of everybody's personal lives as well. You got the coach. who's going to coach the playoffs and he's dealing with the lawsuit. You have the streets uh, and their mixed emotions about the lawsuit. You have smash and the steroids and what is going on with him and Waverly you have Matt's dad is going to go back to Iraq and we've seen a real turning point for Tyra. So as always with Friday Night Lights, there is a lot going on in their personal lives. Um, but that's what's so cool about the show. The background is football, but it's about people and relationships and life. And so. And know. there's something that connects them all. I mean, there's so many sort stories going side by side by side, but there's something that mm-hmm. connects them all. So it's it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, yeah. Where are you at, Tyra? <laughs> or wherever. Yeah, that's fun. Uh-huh. No, it's true. It really, it, it really is fun. Um, and we're gonna see that play out a lot over the next several episodes. Um, I think we have eight episodes left before we get to the end of season one. So a lot will happen. Our next episode. Oh, I'm sorry, nine episodes next left. Um, the next episode we'll be talking about next week is called Little Girl, I Want to Marry You, which is like one of my favorite names of an episode. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a really good episode. So next week we'll have that. We'll have, of course, more going on in sports baseball. I'm not sorry, basketball. They've been scrimmaging, but they will be back. We will see some yep. real live NBA basketball games by next week. Steph, are you excited? I'm excited. I've been watching WNBA too, but I, I'm excited. Oh, nice. But the Warriors yeah, aren't in it, so I'm kind of like they're eh, not. Eh, not that. Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Um, the Warriors are not in it. We've got, but we got lots of storylines, so we'll see how <laughs> how this goes. But uh, I'm excited to watch it, and also, as you said, WNBA, which has been fun to watch. Super exciting. Lots. I'm sure a lot will happen in this next week. Yep, I think I'm sure a lot will happen in this next week. So we'll have. Much to talk about uh, next week. Between now and then, make sure you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave us a review and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, all. Bye bye.